It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Peterson, classic, now to Reedy. He stepped up to by Gostaspierre, but he shoveled it underneath him. And how about Peterson jumping into the play to grab the puck? Biel in the corner, to the slot. Reedy, the shot on net. And that is a great save by Vimelka, who really challenged coming way out of the crease to stop that chance. But a really solid scoring opportunity for Scott Reedy, who has a goal tonight. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you got to give the kid credit. Uh, the Vizmalka kid played very well, and he has that ability. If you watched him play out all the season, not just against us, but um, you know, throughout the league, there's a lot of box scores every night where you check the Arizona box scores, and they're giving up 40 to 50 shots, and the game's close whether they win or lose. You know, he's making 40 saves a night, so he's he's a good young goalie for them. Uh, and saying that, yeah, we, you know, not, it's tough to teach when you got a guy on a breakaway and we hit three or four posts and those kind of things. But the one thing I did after watching the game again this morning, um, there was a lot more opportunity to be in front of the, the goalie and, and, and back him off the top of his crease. He's, he's a very aggressive goalie and he challenges. Um, and I thought that uh, there were times when we were around the goalie. Uh, Bernsey's goal was a good example. That team all got net front presence and, you know, Vegemelka couldn't find the top of his crease there. Uh, but there was a lot of times where, you know, we went low to high and we lost our first layer at the net. And that's something that we're going to talk about in the next 10 minutes. I have a team meeting here before the guys have lunch and uh, we're going to show some of that. We have to be a team that... Um, you know, we might not both be the most offensively gifted team, but we got to grind for goals. And part of that is, is is being around the net and being in the goalie's eyes and backing them off so we can get those second and third opportunities. And last night I thought um, we did a lot of good things offensively, but that's something that we can get better at. That is head coach Bob Bugner bringing us in here on the buildup. Obviously, if you heard morning tide, I talked about the offense. It's not a trend. This is the season long consistency for the San Jose Sharks. They are not hitting the back of the net. And even when they hit the post, it doesn't bounce in. It bounces wide. It bounces high. It bounces anywhere but the back of the net. I then asked Bob if it was something they could translate from one game to the next, if there was any benefit of the back-to-back they are now facing. Yeah, yeah, we do. And, and I think that we, you know, we pulled in late last night, but, uh, you know, the guys are playing didn't go on the ice, so they're getting uh, some rest this morning. We'll show some video, and we'll talk about a little bit about Colorado and what to expect, but uh, for us, again, it's more about what we need to do. And tonight, you know, we know we need have to be good defensively. We just heard they think that McKinnon will be playing tonight. Um, so that always changes your game plan. I mean, we thought he wasn't going to be playing, so we have our special teams meetings already planned without him. And now we're adjusting and putting him back in there because everything changes with him in the lineup. But uh, um, again, we have to play our game. We got to, the, the, the mindset for this game tonight is, is you got to be as perfect as you can be defensively. You got to make things tight in the neutral zone. Um, and, and we have to make them play a little bit in the D zone. They're a puck possession team, so they're going to have a lot of possession. Um, but the times that we are in their end, we got to try and be hard and heavy and, and spend some time down there. And then when we get opportunities, we got to be around the goalie. We got to be around the blue paint. 
couple other notes from this morning's AM availability and Bob Bugner. Capo Kakinen is going to be in net for the Sharks tonight. Also, like you heard him reference, Nathan McKinnon is going to be back from that injury and playing for the Avs tonight. So that certainly does not make life any easier for the San Jose Sharks. To talk more about the Avs, we are now joined by Peter Baugh, who covers the Avs for The Athletic. Peter, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Hey, I'm well. How are you? I'm doing very well, although I uh, I would imagine that unlike many Sharks uh, fans, they heard the news from earlier this morning, Nathan McKinnon is expected to be back, and that does not uh, bode well for the Sharks or anyone in the NHL because he just adds even more firepower to an Avs team, which, uh, well, you see him up close and personal, man. This team, potent, doesn't even begin to describe what we see out there. Yeah, they're a really good hockey team really complete you saw even without nathan mckinnon they went into calgary they played a, a fully healthy flames team and even without landis gog mckinnon uh, bowen byram samuel gerrard ryan murray uh they they took care of business and and had a nice win there so it's certainly a deep team and and it also has the star power in McKinnon and Rantanen and Makar and those types of players. Yeah, let's talk about Makar because obviously you had a write-up about his college days and I love talking about Makar simply because I think he had the goal of the year and maybe one of the most impressive goals that I've ever seen just stopping on a dime, spinning from the outside in off the boards and you know just the, the that type of athleticism, the full speed stop on a dime, change of direction to me, that's more impressive than a dangle. No, no offense to uh, one Mister McDavid, but to me, that's the goal of the year. Um, you know what, what? You know what interested you the most, or why did you want to go after that piece uh, about his college days? Well, I think it's just he had such a meteoric rise where he went from he, I think, played in his last college game in the Frozen Four in the national championship game on a. I believe it was on a Sunday, and then on Tuesday he debuted for the Abs in the playoffs against the Flames and scored in the first period. And uh, from there he's just obviously gotten better and better and now is one of the best defensemen in the league. And I think after uh, after that Flames series, they actually played the Sharks, so the Sharks were one of the first mm-hmm. teams to get a of of Kale McCarr. And he's, um, yeah, he's a dynamic player, and I've found some fun anecdotes and stories uh, from his time at UMass. And if, if people are interested in that type of thing, it's, uh, there's some fun stuff in there. Yeah, no, obviously there is. And, you know, I think that anytime, especially right now with the frozen four going on and a lot of people looking at, um, you know, the players that are going to be future members of the NHL, it's always, it's really fascinating to me about some of those guys that do come out of the college level as NHL ready versus those that don't. And sometimes you see them coming. I mean, Mario Ferraro with the Sharks a couple years ago, people did not know that he was going to be th- that good that quickly. And then suddenly he was an every nighter for the team. Yeah, and Mario Ferraro, I actually interviewed for that piece about Makar's UMass days. He was he was with him there, as was uh, John Leonard. Yeah, Leonard, yeah. He kind of bounced back up and down, and so I talked to both of them. So there's a bit of a Sharks uh, connection there. Did Mario offer anything in particular of note? I know he can get going, man. He is not known for his quietness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember exactly what he said, but I think they just talked about just kind of some of his personality off the ice, which was really fun to hear about. I'm trying... I talked to a lot of people. It's in the it's in the story. I don't remember the exact specifics of what uh, Mario said, but he was great. He was really fun to talk to. Yeah, and no, all those guys that come out of that program seem to be uh, very high caliber, all good uh, character guys, and uh, usually a uh, a good quote as well, which is fun. Um, you know, when we look at the as as of late, 
there, of course, there's, there's a lot, you know, there's been injuries, there's been issues, but it just seems like despite the kind of slow start, they're just getting better and better. I even, I heard someone talk about the idea of peaking too early, which is not something that I believe in. Has that, you know, has that point been brought to you on, you know, the Twitterverse or anywhere else that people are worried that, you know, it's, it's too much right now. Cause I, I look at, you know, the three teams in the East, you know, that are Tampa and Carolina and Florida. And then, you know, those are the three in the East. And then to me, it's the abs clearly that much better than everybody else in the West. But if, if the abs were in the East, I don't think people would be saying peaking too soon. Yeah. I don't really believe in the whole peaking too soon thing. I mean, you want to be playing good hockey and obviously you want to be playing well going into the playoffs, but I don't think that like, if you play well in, I mean, because the Avs probably aren't in their best stretch of the season right now. I mean, they had a really good stretch in January, and it's like just because they're playing, and that's when a lot of people would <laughs> sometimes would bring it up. But it's like just because they're playing well in January doesn't mean they can't also play well in April going into the playoffs. Yeah, no, it's it's very true, and I think people, like I said, if they were in the East, I don't think people would be viewing it that way. They'd be saying, "Oh, they're in a you know a race for such and such seating," and looking at it, which you know, it's I. I I do believe in, in seeding. It helps, but you know, teams get hot in the, in the NHL postseason, and suddenly where they were when 82 games wrapped has little, uh, or at least not as much impact when all is said and done. It's not like the NFLs where home field advantage is everything. Um, what, uh, what have you seen with this team in terms of why they did get so much better after the slow start? Because it was, it was uncharacteristic. You know, I was kind of looking at the standings initially just going like, this is not, you know, I, Peter, I'm very good at being wrong. It's one of my best skills working in sports <laughs> over the years, but it was like, this is not what I expected from the abs. And then all of a sudden it was like, Oh, good God, this is what I expected. They're slaughtering everyone. Yeah. I think it was what there are 500 after 10 games. And I mean, I think it's just that 10 games, isn't that big of a sample size, you know, like some weird things happened. They were dealing with some injuries new players were adjusting to the, to the system. I, they, they had a new goalie. They had multiple new defensemen getting in the fold, same with forwards. So I think it was, it was just an adjustment period and um, they obviously turned it around quickly. And even last year when they won the president's trophy, they, I think got off to a similar start where they weren't particularly outstanding through like 10 games. And then obviously you look up at the end of the year and they're right at the top of the of the standings is there the idea of stanley cup or bust out there it was something i talked about um what was that 10 days ago when uh, the abs and sharks played last with connor mcgahey um and you know i i see it on twitter which uh you know you can value however you want to but i mean fans start looking at a team and they get excited and they know that you know the abs have fallen short the last couple of years and i i say that relatively because they've had Im- impressive teams um, but you know, this, when I look at them right now and I look at the rest of the West, it's like, you know, it's, ne- it's never easy, but to me, they are clearly the best team. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I, I don't know about Stanley Cup or bus. Cause I think you can, multiple things can be true. It can be, I think it will be a disappointing end to the season if anything happens aside from winning a Stanley Cup. But I also think that there are big accomplishments you can have along the way. Like if this team makes it to the Stanley Cup it's hard for me to say that you know, this year is a failure. Making yeah. it to Stanley Cup final is really, really hard. And if they, um, even if they make it to the conference finals, which is somewhere they haven't been, that's in recent history. Like that's that's a big step. So I, I hesitate to say cup or bust, but I think that 
I mean, the goal is to win the Stanley Cup, and this team is all in. They traded some really good pieces at this deadline to to improve, and I think they're they're kind of putting their cards on the table, and and they they think they're as good as anyone, and they probably are as good as anyone, and it just comes down to execution in in the playoffs. This was a team that obviously was busy around the deadline with the acquisitions of Manston, uh, Manson, excuse me, Sturm, uh, Lekkonen, and then obviously uh, Cogliano from here in San Jose. So, what was your reaction to to those moves that were made? Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good deadline. I mean, the Abs were in on the Giroux talks, but it's pretty clear at this point that Giroux wanted to go to Florida and that's where he was going to wave his no trade for and he probably wasn't going to wave it for anywhere else. Um, so I think beyond getting a guy like Claude Giroux, I think they got, they addressed their middle six forward need with Arturi Lekkonen, who's really sound defensively, um, plays efforts, never going to be a question with him, plays a really good two way game and also has playoff experience. He mm-hmm. scored the game winner against Vegas in overtime that sent Montreal to the Stanley cup last year. So the guy knows how to play in big moments and is a really solid NHL middle six forward. So they, they added him, uh, which I thought was important. Manson, there's been a bit of an adjustment period. He's, he's had a few tough games, but he looked a lot better last game. And I think that helps with their, obviously their defensive core. Um, and then, um, yeah. And then you added some other pieces just to, to help out around the edges with Cagliano, who, um, I've only seen a few games of him at this point, but seems to play with a really high motor and, uh, yeah, a really good locker room guy and someone, it, it kind of a player people can rally around of like, Oh, this guy doesn't have a Stanley cup. Let's, we gotta, gotta get it done for him, you know? Um, so they, and then Nico Sturm, who's a, mm-hmm. a good third or fourth line center who will win a lot of draws, which the Avs needed. And that's been really helpful for them on the penalty kill. Uh, because they they're one of the worst faceoff teams in the league, and adding a guy who wins most of his faceoffs helps a lot, especially when you're when you're killing penalties. So I, I think that it's a it was a good deadline overall. I thought it was smart, and um, yeah, it looks like a pretty pretty well rounded team. And for San Jose fans, I think Cagliano made a point to say how much he appreciated how the Sharks handled his situation and how they they approached him and kind of asked him like, look, do you want to move and they kind of tried to find a spot for him where he could he could really find success in the playoffs and he said he thought it was because they appreciated just kind of how he helped change the culture in their room and he seems like a great guy and it was uh so I figured Sharks fans might be interested in that yeah for sure um yeah he is a really good dude and he's also uh, unabashedly honest with the media in post games and um, you know like you alluded to really good in the dressing room has a great personality um, and is you know by all accounts a really good dude is he is he playing on the, the penalty kill because he was that was a big part of what he was doing here in San Jose yeah he's been penalty killing and he's been playing on the fourth line nice yeah he's uh, he's an interesting guy because he just you know his athleticism does not blow you away but um, you see him, he's got that veteran guile, and I, I know that's an overused term in our business, but it's true. I mean, when you can see those guys, they see things so well out there in all facets of the game. I mean, I think that's, you know, beyond the immediate skill set of a guy like Nathan McKinnon, it's like when he really started making that elevation in his game, and even, you know, now when he's out there and he's healthy, you can just see that he sees the game differently. You know, it's like you just, there's certain guys out there, the way they position, the way they set up, where and how they're receiving the puck. It's like they're just, they're, the game is moving that much slower for them than it is for everybody else. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I would say, yeah, McKinnon is, is in that, um, in that category, McCarr. 
And then you've got your guys that are just, you can tell they're grinders and like worked for everything they got in this sport. And that's the Coglianos, the Logan O'Connors, players like that who are really solid players that a lot of their game is built on effort and scrappiness. And obviously I, I'm not taking away from the skill it takes to get to that NHL. You can't get there just on working hard, <laughs> but um, <laughs> he, uh, both of those guys I think are kind of in the same mold of, of grinders who play really hard and are really good players. Is there anything that concerns you about the abs right now? Are there any glaring weaknesses or is this a, as it seems on the outside, as you get to see a lot more than me, it seems like a pretty well-rounded team. I think it is a pretty well-rounded team. I think they've got to get healthy. Um, they um, obviously missing uh, Gerard, Byram, Landa Scott, mm-hmm. Murray, McKinnon. There is this scare. He should be good to go. So, But I think getting healthy is a big thing. And then I think uh, beyond that, I think just having secondary scoring is huge in the playoffs. And I think that um, there, there's a few guys they could could afford to get going if Alex Newhook, who's been super close to scoring a few times, if he's able to break through. Like mm-hmm. in the playoffs, a third line of Lekin and him and Comfort could be could be huge, good defensively, and and if they're able to contribute some scoring in big moments, that that obviously would would be huge for the Abs. And then um, yeah, and then just kind of the same thing. All the playoff teams need to think about like reducing turnovers in the defensive zone stuff like that is going to be really important and what are you looking at in terms of this game tonight obviously in the last game abs jumped out to a lead but then the sharks came kind of roaring back late obviously too little too late uh but you know i'm sure that the the abs are keeping that in mind that you know when they thought the game was over the sharks uh, were still grinding yeah i think that i mean it's they've got to play with focus obviously but it's a there is a, a no disrespect to the Sharks, but there is a talent gap between these two teams. Mm-hmm. And I think the, if the Habs play their game, they're probably going to win unless there obviously are weird games where a goalie plays really well and all of a sudden it's tied late and the other team gets an overtime goal or wins in a shootout or whatever. Um, but I think if the Habs play their game, hard checking, um, limit, miscues in the defensive zone, I think they'll probably be in pretty good shape. Awesome, Peter. Well, I appreciate your time, man. Keep up the great work with The Athletic, and I hope I can bug you again soon. All right, man? Sounds good. Thank you so much. Again, that was Peter Baugh of The Athletic joining us here on the Build Up on the Sharks Audio Network. Other notes for the Sharks tonight heading in tonight's game from the head coach, Bob Bugner, talking about lineup changes. Nieto's going to go in, um, and uh, Petey's going to come out. We had to, uh, Petey was, of course, up on emergency and uh, made a decision last night, you know, watching the game again this morning that needs will go in. Um, and I'm going to probably put him up on Cooch's line. Um, you know, a lot of it has to do with opposition and, and trying to get some matchups and, and, you know, be smart defensively here tonight, good defensively against their, uh, against a, you know, high power, high powered offensive team. Yes, indeed. The Sharks are going up against quite a juggernaut tonight. Now, you saw the last time the Sharks and the Avs met, the Avs jumped out to a big lead. The Sharks set themselves back into it, but it was too little too late. But obviously, the biggest challenge for the Sharks tonight is weathering what will be a storm in the first period in particular. The Avs are going to be bringing numbers at them. They're going to be buzzing. The Sharks are going to be trying to get their legs moving on the second night of a back-to-back. Additionally, at altitude, which of course does not make life any easier, Uh, But there is the thought the Sharks have played very well against the upper echelon teams this year in the NHL. And Logan Mature has even said that at 
might be because they know they have to play a little bit tighter and we'll see if that's what they are able to do. And then if the Sharks can keep the abs off the board and keep it a, you know, nothing, nothing or a one, one game early, see what develops, see what happens after that. Obviously this is a tough challenge for any team in the NHL right now. It's tough going into the abs house at altitude anytime. Sharks just happen to be doing it on the second night of a back-to-back. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of The Build-Up. Be sure to join us at 5.30 for Sharks pregame coverage right here on the Sharks Audio Network, and then I'll be back with you tomorrow morning on Morning Tide as we look back at this game between the Sharks and the Avs. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.